Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Our deepest healing is not about trying to add more or get more or become a bigger, better version of yourself. It's in fact, actually, what do, you, what do we need to let go of or release that wasn't ours in the first place? Ideas, beliefs, stories, inherited trauma, so much that we carry, it's not ours in the first place. And so don't try to get in flow. Flow is the gift that you come home to when you're able to really surrender to letting go of who you're not. Welcome to the new season of the Not Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, the author and founder of the award-winning app and best-selling book, Happy Not Perfect. This is our time to take a break and go within to unlock ourselves in a new way and stretch our thinking. Whatever you are going through right now, I welcome you into this conversation with a new inspiring thought leader each week to help us thrive, rise, and realize our full truth and unlimited potential. As you might know, if you read my book, I'm passionate about us becoming flexible in our thinking, and that starts with some mind, body, and soul healing. So let's dive in. Before we crack into this episode, I quickly want to tell you about the amazing 20% discount on the best CBD Not Perfect listeners have been exclusively given by our epic podcast partners, Platinum from Columbia Care. So you may have tried CBD in the past, but I assure you, this CBD is very different. Platinum from Columbia Care are one of the highest quality CBD brands you can find. They began creating medical grade CBD to help doctors and patients and later launched a range of CBD everybody could use at home to support their wellness routine. So use the code NOTPERFECT20 and visit col-care.uk and I'll put that link in the show notes to take advantage of this discount for a limited time only. I use Platinum by Columbia Care every single night before I go to sleep and it's helping me so much to get a better, more restful night's sleep. You may use CBD to help you focus or perhaps you may use it just to relax in the afternoon or in moments where you feel a bit nervous. Use the code NOTPERFECT20 to get 20% off and I can't wait to hear about your experience. Today on the podcast, I have a returning guest, the wonderfully inspiring author, speaker and healer, Nikki Clinch. Her episode on compassion was one of the most listened to episodes we've ever had on the podcast in series one. Nikki is a master maturation mentor, a transformational coach for leaders and change makers and author of the new book, Surrender. So the idea of surrendering and letting go can be really challenging at times. Perhaps you're feeling a bit stuck in an era of your life and looking to 
perhaps take that step forward and let go of something, but it isn't easy. I definitely find myself being a bit of a clinger at times and have a habit of clinging to past things I know perhaps don't bring me the most amount of joy, but I'm nostalgic and don't feel I can just move on from it or perhaps you are clinging to an idea of what you think life should be like rather than flowing with what life is actually like in the present moment so the idea of surrendering can be scary but wow is it liberating so I couldn't wait to have this conversation with Nikki to dive into exploring this powerful tool that is available to all of us as we move through life and hopefully make our journey through life more harmonious. So I'm excited to dive into this episode as we discuss what surrender means, how to do it, and why it's so important. What is a quote you return to often and why? Oh, this is a new one. Uh, When I say new, I mean in the last couple years, but it just keeps me sane and keeps me grounded. Whatever you can be with will let you be. And what I mean by that is, is that whatever we are, are not in resistance to, whatever experience, human experience, feelings that we can truly be with will literally set us free. Oh, gosh, it applies to so many aspects of my life or things that I want to change. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently and why? The more I rest, the more available and effective I am in my life. (laughs) Hands down, most important lesson. (laughs) Gosh, it's unbelievable the truth in that. And I've been really understanding that recently. And as obviously we're coming out of this pandemic, you can just feel the gears being turned up again and the old life whispering to us, oh, come back, come back at the same speed we were at. And I can just feel my soul be like, no, no, um, for that reason. And really, this that's the nature of the human condition, is that we are the kind of beings that think that we always have to get somewhere in order to get away from somewhere in order mm. to be somebody. And that keeps us in this kind of vicious circle of doing, 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 which is so ineffective and extremely painful way to live. And, you know, we keep falling flat on our face and then we have these breaks and then we find ourselves back in it again. And, but there's nowhere to get to and wherever we're trying to get to doesn't seem to give us peace from where we're getting from. (laughs) And we just go round again. So, you know, it's such a simple learning, but it's actually very, very hard to do. And that's why I called the book Surrender. (laughs) It takes a lot of courage to be able to slow down can't wait to dive into that a little bit more and all the amazing quotes that I have highlighted in your incredible book. How do you define happiness? Has it changed over the years since I last asked you? Happiness for me now is it's not a destination to try and get to. Mm. It's a state of being and it's a state of being that becomes available when we are able to accept where we are and really be in acceptance of what is. And with that, happiness becomes the gift from that. And so, yeah, that that's absolutely what I'm discovering more and more, the more that I am able to just really accept what is. 
how much happiness just comes to in the present moment. Oh, that's so lovely. Not a destination, a state of, be- of being. Uh, such a lovely reminder. Thank you for those. So let's dive into your brilliant book. I obviously know a bit about your story and you could have written a book about anything because you are such a great speaker on so many aspects of being human. So why then did you decide mm-hmm. to write your first book on surrender? Well, the truth is I didn't decide. I was signed to write a different book. (laughs) I was actually contracted to write a book on women's empowerment and to write a book called The Warrior Woman Book. And, you know, my whole brand was based on being a warrior woman and educating everybody how to be this warrior woman. And then I went out to the Amazon jungle and I had this profound awakening and I started to see something I'd never really seen before in like 20 years of doing work on myself, something came to light. And I saw that this warrior woman that I had been being was really just a character that was trying to get me away from the trauma of my past. Mm. It's like, if I can be this strong, in control, empowered, have all the answers, kind of dominating figure, then, well, then maybe I won't ever have to really experience the terror and the vulnerability and the fear that I experienced as a little girl. And it was just this huge insight for me this whole life had been based on a survival of my past. So I started writing the Warrior Woman book and it just felt wrong. Everything that was coming out of me felt wrong. And I wrote 50,000 words of that book and I knew it wasn't meant to be the book I was meant to write. And I sat with my editor and I I presented it to her and I said, I got to tell you, this isn't the book. And she looked at me And she was so generous. She said to me, Nikki, you are clearly going through a metamorphosis. All I care is that you write the book you were born to write. She said, let's push your publication date back. Why don't you throw it out and you write the book you were born to write? And that night I threw Warrior Woman in the trash and my publication date got pushed back by six months and I cried all night. I had no idea what I was gonna do. And I woke up the next morning and I sat in meditation and within 20 minutes, the entire outline for surrender came through. And I sat down and I put it down on paper and I sent it to her and she was like, whoa, (laughs) where did this come from? And I said, this is it. This is the book I'm meant to write. And that was it. I just started writing and everything just kind of came through me. That was before we knew a pandemic was coming. That was before I, you know, my marriage had broken down. I didn't know what the ending was going to be. And I just kept writing. And I, as I was writing, I was living the process. It was like giving birth to something that just needed to be born. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's fascinating. And also just such great evidence for how, the right thing will come through. And to your point and your whole book, like when we release our control of what we think we should be doing, the right thing will emerge if we allow it to. So 
I would maybe love to start by talking about something that you share so vulnerably and courageously in the book, which is the death of your marriage. Would you mind sharing that experience? Because obviously that led to so many great learnings around surrender. Yeah. So, you know, my husband and I had been together for nine years and, you know, we had built what looked like to society, you know, a a good life. And really, you know, we were okay. Um, You know, we had a house and we had two kids and, you know, we had a bank account and there were no real major, major problems. We had food on the table. But really, we had gotten to the point that we were just kind of having the same fight over and over again um, for nine years. And when I went out to the jungle, I realized when I was there that in the way that you can only really have these realizations when you're on your own and you've taken space to reflect, I really realized that, you know, I wasn't feeling nourished by this dynamic. And I came home from that trip and I was willing to be radically honest with myself first and then with him. And I said, I don't know what the answers are, but I know that this isn't working. And I am not willing to live out of integrity anymore. Um, and I don't think it would serve you either. So we, we ended the marriage and he moved out. And I have to say to this day, it was one of the most courageous things I've ever done to end it and not know where it was going to go next. And what happened was simultaneously as he moved out, I also started going through this massive identity dissolving, like this warrior woman that I'd always been started going along with the marriage. Everything just kind of started crumbling. Again, I knew that if I continue to be radically honest with myself and did whatever I could to stay within integrity, I trusted that whatever would unfold would be what was right. And I guess, you know, that is the invitation of surrender. You're right. We cannot heal what we cannot see. What do you mean by that? And how do we do this for ourselves? Well, I think the first thing I want to say to that question is that there is a big distinction between healing and fixing. And we live in a world not only obsessed with fixing, addicted to fixing. And fixing is really when we have something that's broken or not working and we're just looking for the thing that's going to get us back to wherever it was before it broke. But in fixing, you just end up back wherever you were. Nothing changes. Nothing heals. Nothing grows. In healing, healing is a process where you are willing to really allow whatever is not working to to break down and to learn from the breakdown what didn't work here, what can I learn from this, what did work, what didn't work. And then from that process of awareness, we grow and we learn more and we change. And then we can make new choices based on our new learning and our new level of awareness. And somehow we end up in a place, a new place, a place that isn't where we were before, but we've grown. And in that we've healed. So healing allows transformation where fixing doesn't. And so 
we can only heal what we can see. You can't heal anything without your own awareness and consciousness of it. You just can't. You have, we have to be able to be willing to inquire, wow, what broke down here? Why is this not working? Why am I behaving this way? Why, why does this cause me so much pain? Those kinds of self-inquiry invites us to be able to gain awareness over how, why our life has been the way it is. And from that awareness, it gives us the possibility and the openings to make new choices and to learn from it. And, and that allows healing. So that's what I mean. Like we can't heal anything that we don't have any consciousness over. And how do you, I mean, there's an exercise throughout the book, there's exercises and are there any kind of exercises that you could share just for listeners now in, in just bringing their awareness to maybe things that they are not aware of currently? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is, is that, you know, and this is really kind of a fundamental teaching in the book is, you know, what is, what are the repeated patterns that keep showing up in your life? It's a consistent factor really to human beings that we, we end up having, we all end up having some form of repetitiveness in our life. And, you know, no matter how many times we try to change, we change our body, we change our house, we change the boyfriend, we change the girlfriend, change the bank account, and we still end up back having a similar experience of who we are in the world. So I guess one of the first questions is, is that instead of thinking your problem needs to be fixed, your problem is the gateway in. In fact, the problem itself is where we need to be looking to go in and get the answers. So the first question is look into your life and really get honest at what is repeating. Not so much just the stuff that's happening, but the way that you feel about yourself in the world. You know, no matter what, you always end up feeling like you're unsafe and you can't trust anyone. Or no matter what, you always end up feeling betrayed and rejected. Like what is the consistent factor that keeps repeating in your life, because that will be, it's like, it's like the doorway in that's already shining a spotlight on the, the one thing that you're bringing everywhere you go. How can we lean into a breakdown when it feels just so painful and all you want to do is numb? Well, you know, I mean, at first day, I want to say it's not easy. It takes, it takes a lot of courage and that's why often, and this is, I wish it wasn't this way, but often people who are normally ready for this process are the ones who've been around the block a few times. Like you've been around the hamster wheel a few times, you kind of know it doesn't work anymore. Mm. Um, and it hurts. It really, really hurts. And when you've kind of had enough pain of trying again and again and again and again, and it doesn't work. Well, then, you know, there's another way. I think the, the most important distinction here for people to hear is that, you know, the feelings and the experiences that we're so afraid to have and to feel, they're not the problem. The problem is our resistance and our suppression of them. A hundred percent of our suffering comes from our resistance to feeling and being with the experience within us. So usually 
it's the thought and the ideas of feeling it and being with it that is much worse than actually being with it. So, you know, when you're in this kind of breaking down process, you can really allow yourself to soften and to lean in to the very thing you're running from. Yes, it's painful, but usually it will pass quicker than you think. And then you'll wonder why you spent, you know, the last 40 years running from it. Like, oh God, I wish I'd learned this sooner. Again, whatever you can be with will let you be. So it's not easy to lean into a breakdown. It takes trust. You can't really, it's better not to do it alone, but it is also the way in for healing. And I think that's it. It's like, am I really ready now to heal? I would love to discuss the relationship between control and surrender, because I guess our natural instinct is to try to control everything in an attempt to feel safe. And obviously your book offers a different way to find safety. Would you mind sharing kind of your thoughts on how control and surrender kind of intermix? What you just said was really interesting. You said we find all these ways to try and control to get safety but that in itself is such an illusion. If mm. you have to think about like, why are you trying to control? Why? Because you're terrified or you already feel unsafe. We do all these strange things and we are kind of strange that way, human beings. We'll, we'll do all sorts of strategic management things just to try and give us some sense of an illusion that it's all going to be okay. But really when we get there, we don't really feel that okay. We might feel better for a while, but it, it's usually temporary. It is an illusion that these strategies are actually going to give us a sense of safety. If you want safety and you're trying to fill your bank account with millions of pounds, or if you want safety and you're going to make sure that you never love again, it, it may seem like that's going to get you what you want, but that's not going to get you what you really want. Mm. So you can never get enough of that if that's not what you really want. And so, you know, surrender kind of brings a different invitation that in our attempts to control everything, which is led by fear, which really is a form of survival, what happens if we were to be willing to release the control, uh, release the resistance, and actually feel the parts of us that feel unsafe? Mm rather than trying to build a life to hide or manage the unsafety, what happens if we surrender and we actually are able to be with the parts of us that feel unsafe in the first place? And I tell you what, when you can really hold yourself and be with yourself in the experience of unsafety, you'll feel safe. It feels to me that the world of work has a lot more kind of controlling behaviors exhibited and then when it comes to love and fertility especially the power of surrender couldn't be more useful what have you found with this kind of active strength of surrender when it comes to things that are so beyond our control like love and fertility let me ask you what is the definition of a problem Somewhere in your life, you feel stuck. I would say that's the experience that we get from having a problem. That the, the actual definition of what a problem is, is when something is, but we think it shouldn't be. 
<laughs> oh God, isn't that funny? <laughs> it's so simple, right? Yeah. But we miss it. <laughs> I know. And I, I laugh too. When I first heard it, I laughed too. Because that's exactly what we're doing all the time. When something is, but we have decided from our own projections, our own expectations, we have decided that it shouldn't be this way. And so, of course, that's the beginning of a problem. And of course, as soon as we're in that struggle, we're in resistance to life. Mm -hmm. And life is only really available in the present moment. And when we're in resistance to life, there's no flow. There's no ability for real flow to happen. And love and the creation of life, fertility, are both fields in which come with flow. And at the same time, where do these projections even come from? You know, most of the time they, they come from the mind and what's in the mind, what we've been programmed, conditioned and inherited from somewhere else. So we're kind of projecting all these pictures. And, and I actually read a chapter on the, in the book called Letting Go of Pictures. We project all these pictures and these stories and ideas on what is. And, and then we wonder why we get into so much, so many problems. <laughs> yeah, one of the sentences I wrote down here is we are stuck in a state of fantasy. And I just thought this was such a good line. Well, well the problem with fantasy is that it is a picture mm. that we have out here of one day, someday we'll get there and then. And then what? And then I'll be free. And finally, I'll be able to. And da, da. But it's always out there. And it's always a picture that is kind of static that we've got from other pictures. And it's always out there. And we can never get there because there is not here. And as long as we're trying to get there, we're not here. It's just so reassuring. I'm sure everyone listening will be feeling the same, just... I know I have lived in a world of fantasy really pretty strongly for the last 10 years. And I'm in the process is why this book really came at the right time for me. And this kind of brings me to the point of it's so easy to lose our faith in the process. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is how do you nudge yourself back into surrender of a higher intelligence? And if you could share any experiences of doing so. I think the first thing I would say is, I wouldn't advise to do this alone. Connect with others who are willing or interested in dedicating themselves to a process such as this. Why is that important in relation to your question? Because there's nothing more powerful than human stories and an identification with others. You know, I teach a lot of groups and I lead programs in groups a lot and some of the most powerful healing comes from witnessing another human being go through the darkest moments of their life. And when you see someone else being able to come through the other side, it gives you, it gives you hope and it gives you courage and it gives you strength and you realize you're not alone. And that allows you to have the possibility of trusting the process so don't do it alone. Speak about it. Share yourself with someone else. You'll be surprised how many people feel the same. And what I see over and over again with, with other human beings that I work with, and that's why I tell their stories, is that when we get out of the way enough 
to surrender to something bigger. Profound things happen. Things you wouldn't even believe that could happen. That's because I believe that each one of us is naturally in flow. And the more that we can surrender being stuck in the mind and stuck in the fighting and stuck in the resistance, the more flow we come back to. And when we are in the flow, miracles happen. Profound miracles happen. And once you've had one or two of those, then you can make the decision to trust the process. You know, the, the more you have of those under the belt, the more of those dark nights that you've managed to get through the other side, then you can trust. And trust is a choice. In fact, at the beginning of the book, I invite the readers to sign a contract. A pledge. A pledge saying that I will not abandon myself no matter how hard it gets, no matter if I cannot see the other side, I will stick this through. Why? Because we you know, we are really the ones that we need. And when we are willing to make that decision to show up for ourselves, no matter what, that's the kind of trust and the anchor and the safety that we really are looking for. Um, And that's where we discover how powerful we really are. For people who are wondering, am I in flow? Am I not? And I know that probably sounds like maybe a silly question, because of course, you know, when you're in flow, but I think sometimes it's, I know for me anyway, I've definitely been on very much the wrong path and it took me a really quite long time to realize that. What's your advice to having those check-ins and what does inflow feel like to not inflow? Flow is not, same with happiness, flow is not the destination Mm. to try and get to. Flow is who you are. Everyone's saying, I want to become who who I'm meant to be. You already are who you're meant to be. And now our deepest healing is not about trying to add more or get more or become a bigger, better version of yourself. It's in fact, actually, what do do we need to let go of or release that wasn't ours in the first place? Ideas, beliefs, stories, inherited emotions, inherited patterns, inherited trauma, so much that we carry, it's not ours in the first place. And so don't try to get in flow. In fact, just look at what's stuck and then dive into that because it'll show you what you can release. Flow is the gift that, that you come home to when you're able to really surrender to letting go of who you're not. Ah, so powerful, surrendering who we are not. I love that sentence. How does surrender and manifestation work together? I have a little bit of a problem with the word manifestation. Me too. Me too. I'm so glad you said that. I hate it. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It, It kind of implies that it's this thing that we should, like a tool that we should do to be able to get whatever we want. And I don't really, I don't buy that. You know, the real truth is, and this is probably much, I feel this is much more empowering, is that this isn't just a belief. This is from seeing and working with human, a lot of people in very deep spaces. I believe that there is nothing more profoundly powerful than a conscious human being. Mm. I really believe we are very, very powerful creatures. And when we are able to come out of all the attachments and the struggles and the resistance that we find ourselves in, 
then we have the ability to generate life, to create life. Come on, we can grow a whole human inside our body. You don't think that we can generate all other aspects of life? We can. Manifestation is not a tool. It's when we're able to access our life force and our power, which is your birthright, then you have the ability to create life, to make choices, to take actions that creates more life. That's not some kind of love and light tool. That is who, what human being is, but we forget that. We forget that because we get lost in the stories in our minds. I've seen it time and time again. I have watched people come into my workshops and they have transformed their lives And why? Because they've discovered how powerful they really are. Don't try to manifest things. Know that you are immensely powerful. And when you do the deeper work and are able to release what you're carrying that is not who you are, you're going to discover just how powerful you are. And then you get to really start to generate life. Oh, literally my brain is just bubbling. (laughs) It's bubbling, bubbling, Mm. bubbling with all these different ideas. How can people find you? You have workshops. You've obviously got the book. I really enjoyed the audio book for anyone who likes to listen to something on the move and can go through the exercises and stuff like that. But how best to find you and uh, move forward with a relationship of working with you? Okay. So uh, you can find me on my website, www.nikkiclinch.com. Um, and on there, we have a series of programs um, that that people can come in. We're just about to launch a new eight module uh, transformational process that will come alongside the book called The Surrender Process. And that is really a very powerful process for people who've read the book um, to be able to come in and actually do the deeper work, um, who are kind of the beginnings of that journey for you. Um, then after that, you know, we have other programs that you can come through that take you deeper. And I also train people to become uh, maturation coaches in um, the alchemy of being. So on my website, you can have access and see what calls to you at this time. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. Um, I share frequently on there um, and I teach on there as well. So Nikki underscore clinch. And I have a podcast as well called soul surgery. Uh, and that's everywhere that um, shares podcasts. Amazing. And by the way, Nikki has a great newsletter too, which you should sign up on the website. I get it in my inbox and I always love listening to the different Uh stories that Nikki shares and the life lessons that she's learned from it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Poppy. I've loved coming back on. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss. Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.